and welcome to another episode of More Than Dice. I'm Gonzo. I'm Kathy. And I'm eating a biscuit. <laughs> That's John. That's John. Um, guys, make sure that you are, uh, let us know about our sound quality because uh, I did get a new headset and new mic to balance out and for the one that was broken. And so I'm just making sure that you can hear us all equally about the same. Um, so I'm trying to test everything out. Uh, welcome to episode 191. We're going to be talking about not only uh, some of the new information that came out about Paizo, which I think is actually some pretty good information. And uh, we're going to be talking about terrain, painting terrain, train on a table, uh, what constitutes as good, what constitutes as meh, you know, type stuff uh, for varying games. Not only just one game system, but different game systems. Well, terrain should be pretty universal to start. You shouldn't have too much game specific terrain, but more on that when we get to that topic. Yeah. Um, so, guys, we want to make sure to thank Muse on Minis. Um, guys, go over and check them out. Um, when you do, if you find something that you like, which they have plenty of things, they have a really good um, terrain set, by the way, uh, that they're actually going to be reskinning um, for. <laughs> they're going to be reskinning this terrain set uh, for um, their company, and it's it, it's kind of infinity, but it's just sci-fi. So I mean, you could use it for anything, and it's a really good thing. Uh, but make sure you use the uh, code more than dice, all one word, and you can get ten percent off your order. Um, other than that, um, <laughs> oh, Marshall, can, can, I would well love played. to just sing that right now out loud. Go for it, By Kathy. L. Marshall, <laughs> give us some quick it, lyric and it inspirations. It will be terribly done. Just go ahead. Well, the overhead lamplight blind you on a painting night tournament up ahead, slow me down, making no time. Paintbrush a weapon. Slapping out a tempo, keeping perfect rhythm with the song on the radio. But I gotta keep it rolling. <laughs> Ooh, dry brushing my life away. Looking for a better way for me. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Yay, Kathy, our musical genius of the channel. Um, what, so for people that don't know, um, Captain Mizzy and Erica have a lot of our 40K terrain right now. Um, Erica works from home um, doing calls uh, for uh, Walmart. And so there's some downtimes. And so she dry brushes terrain for is dry brushing the 40K terrain to get it ready. And so I took a bunch of stuff over there to them. And I mean all of my 40K terrain, like 10 tables worth of 40K terrain. Big stuff. So they're working on that. Even more than 10 tables, but easily 10 tables worth of terrain. But they got to get done before Friday, because Friday I have to go to... Saturday I have to go to St. Louis to drop off all of our prize support. I have so much stuff that I've got to take two trips to St. Louis to get it there. Oh, wow. And have you had it. to start renting a truck? Not yet. We're, what it is is, uh, thankfully, Josh, uh, one of the guys that lives there, has a basement, and he's letting us store everything in his basement. So that's been <clears> – <throat> we might have to next year if we get bigger, and depending on what we're doing. So that we'll just have to see. So uh, to go back to that for a second, uh, for Muse on Minis, uh, I did notice – I haven't looked in a while. They do have Marvel Crisis Protocol stuff, if that's your jam. They oh, do. Cool. 
And quite a bit, and it looks quite good, especially because the tokens say what they're for. If you look at the Wi-Fi symbol and go, what the fuck's the Wi-Fi symbol? <laughs> uh, spoiler, that's done, but I never remember that. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're, they're working on some new tokens. symbol is the Wi-Fi symbol? Yeah. <laughs> to me, that just means the target's been narked and there might be missiles raining down on him, but I'm crossing the streams there. <laughs> Yeah, they do. They do have a token set. They're working on some new new Marvel stuff. Uh, I'm sure they're working on a new terrain set for Marvel, uh, also to try to help it out because, of course, Marvel requires good 3D. In my opinion, requires good 3D terrain. Uh, uh yes, I think it, it it helps the dynamics so much more, especially with all the guys being so dynamic on their base with their tactical fuckery. Yeah. So, but they have they have some good stuff. They also have some. I don't know if they still had it. They had um like card inserts that you could put your cards into to keep track of your power and stuff. And I, I don't, I don't know if they, they were, I know they were refining it the last time I saw it. Oh, we have news on that too. Oh. Gosh, but let's finish it out of that. Gonzo, what are you drinking? Uh, so tonight I am drinking. I'm a Colin six 96. I think it's what, no, it's a McCollin number six. It's a special batch of McCollin. Um, that is brewed a little bit more fruity and smoother than their normal McCollin. Um, and McCollum is my favorite scotch anyway, so that's what I'm going with tonight. Kathy, what are you drinking? I'm drinking a gin and tonic. I also have ginger peach tea from Stash. Awesome. Well, I have the last of my salted caramel whiskey with a uh, uh, vanilla cream soda. Cool. Mm, yum, yum. Um. Shout outs before we give our everything else. Uh, John, you have a shout out this week. Uh, yes, unfortunately, one of our old crew, me and Marshall's old uh, buddies of the Games Workshop, uh, one of the trade rep guys from back in the day, uh, Mike Majors, just passed. It's uh, sad. I didn't see the details, not really important, but uh, he did pass uh, this past week. So we're giving a shout out to him. He was always a cool dude. Um, I like to always judge those guys on how they treated me down in customer service. And like a lot of the team, I call it the second wave team that came in with, uh, you know, before Marshall. But uh, at that time, they was all very cool to me. And I appreciate it very much because we got treated like shit beforehand. It was good to have a new generation come in and just treat us like we're people and, and coworkers. Marshall could tell some stories about that. He's They were much closer than we were, but still. Shout out to uh, Mike Majors. Gotcha. Um, I don't know if anything else to give a shout out. I didn't. Uh, none came across my desk. None came across my desk either. Um, a shout out to all of our fans and everybody uh, that watches and listens. Please make sure that you go get your vaccine. Um, keep yourself safe. Uh, wear a mask. Wash your hands. So on and so forth. Because we want to see you at HuckCon 2022. Yep. And um, Also just, known as Adepticon. Also known as Adepticon. For people like Huckcon, they start looking it up. <laughs> um, I guess cheers. 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 Oh man, this is good. Oh, Kathy's choking that on it. A little strong, eh? Is that peach tea too much? It's the ginger. Oh, it's the ginger in the tea. It's the breathing. <laughs> trying to breathe it yeah um so they still haven't perfected how to breathe liquids yet so no they're working on it, on it. <laughs> they're working on it 
So, all right, so I'm going to switch over the paint cam because I'm trying to get this stuff. Everything. You can see my mess that I've been working on. Let me move my camera. And I apologize for having to do the uh, fuzzy background, guys, but something's wrong with our twitching <laughs> and Skyping. It's the Skype. It's the Skype. Yeah, something's going on with the Skype. Fuck Skype. Yeah. We'll go with that. So I have a bunch of things that I need to... So I have generic Coke machines. I have like five of those. Of course, the cars. I want one that's Orange Crush. Where's my Orange Crush vending machine? You could just say Crush on the vending machine. That would be awesome. Yeah. Right? Well, I, I found these a long time ago and... You know, they just had Coke on it, so I just went with that. I know Marshall I mean, has Coke some. The vending machine is really cool, but just saying. And then I got... Yeah, or an RC Cola vending machine. Ooh. <laughs> These little barrels. I'm going to fix the camera, because that camera is having issues. It doesn't want to focus? Nope. Well, because you know they have to... It won't stay... It always wants to go back to autofocus for some reason. That's weird that... Okay. I don't know why it does that. Mine doesn't go back unless I turn off my computer. Okay, so sound, sounds okay. I didn't actually check to see if I should change my, my microphone or if Skype actually saved a setting for fucking once. <laughs> I will zoom yeah, in. Yeah, your sound sounds fine. Well, then I'm good. I'll take it. And and everybody else has is, is already said that the uh, audio for the stream is good. So It, it just occurred to me who was doing that, that, that I hadn't fucked around with that at all. So. <laughs> but it ain't broke. Oh, I ain't going to break it. So far. That, the one on the right. Is it barrels and tires? Barrels, barrels and tires. Oh, okay. Um, and then I have barrels and tires on a pallet. Yeah, pallets look better with something on them. Empty skids are not as yeah. impressive, even unless, though I think they would make... Unless it's like an a artfully stacked uh, stack of skids. I mean, I could see a single skid, but that would be sort of cool just like as a throwing. I could see someone winging that like cap shield. It just wouldn't come back. <laughs> they would hit them and bust into a thousand pieces and be or, very or hilarious. Or some, some leaning up against something would also yeah. yeah. But then I have also the light poles and stuff like that to, to paint too. Yep, yep. So, um, so I've been doing a lot of painting of terrain to get ready for Warfare Weekend, especially MCP, because MCP, in my opinion, for a good game, requires good terrain, and not just, in my opinion, requires more than what the box set gives you. In my, I, I like more than what the box set gives you. I would say, in all honesty, if you have, if you both come with the box set worth of terrain, that's probably okay. Yeah. Now, if you go to a convention, people want to see more cooler stuff. I get that. And so I'm trying to provide that. So I have, I don't know if anybody's seen what I posted on Facebook, but there's, you know, me printing a bunch of terrain. But I wanted to do these. These are just simple tire, I mean, 3D prints. All of this is 3D prints except for the cars and the lights. Um... And the tire, I mean, it's just a simple, I mean, because that's a size one, you mean? Yeah, probably size one. Type thing. 
And it just it just these little things like this on the table make it a whole lot better, in my opinion. Well, yeah, it makes it look like a like Marshall's got a bunch of boards that are sort of pre-set up that we mm -hmm. keep playing on. We move the train a little bit here and there, but it's just got lots of cool stuff on it. So you're like, trees are where trees should be, cars where cars would be parked, trucks are on the road where trucks would be, other stuff is where it makes sense, and we just wing people into it and throw it at people, and uh, there you go. Yeah, because, I mean, there's got to be... Okay, so 3D terrain, to me, is always better than flat terrain. I understand the reason for flat terrain in... Privateer Press game or in War Machine Horns. I understand it. I got it. No, I understand the want of it. It's not a need. I, yeah, better is that. But I would rather play with 3D terrain. So yep. I have a friend of mine, um, Damon Booker. He has the podcast of uh, Minority Report, which they mm -hmm. host under us. And they're strictly about War Machine and Hordes and Warcaster. And he bought a 3D printer, and after I got him helping set up with it, uh, he has been printing 3D terrain for War Machine and Hordes. And I'm like, good, we need that. Mm -hmm. And so he's devised a way to print up 3D terrain and put neoprene mat underneath it. That yeah. way, if someone needs to move it, fine, you move it, you're good to go, you're done. I still do that with force. Any place that has area terrain, I'll just put down one of the 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 two D neoprene forests, and put the trees on that. Yes, that's the outline of the forest, and then those are the actual trees if it matters. So his stuff, because I, I worked a deal with him, he said he was going to bring uh, a bunch of that stuff. So he is since we are doing all of the streaming for War Machine and Hordes this year at uh, Warfare Weekend. And maybe some other stuff that was just, you know, that's what we usually stream. He is going to be bringing 3D terrain for the competition tables. So we will see his 3D printed terrain for the competitions. Um, which, Damon's a really good friend of mine. Been working with him a lot and such. Uh, and helping with the podcast. And they're a pretty bunch of fun guys too. But his 3D terrain is going to be there because Privateer Press started making terrain features that are good for 3D terrain. Um, but painting 3D terrain is, in my opinion, something a little bit different than normal. Uh, Do you mean painting it than painting a model? Yes. In my I'm opinion. not sure I agree with that 100%. I'm, I'm gonna I would say the only difference in it would be the level of quality you are willing to settle for. Correct. That's that's where I, that's where I'm going with this. Okay. Just because sure like we're on the same page. Yeah. Because you could you could technically spend a ton of time painting terrain. Like uh, like the uh, daily uh, bugle from the Marvel set. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember Kathy saying every time you you show a picture, I'm like, oh, that's done, and you keep doing more. Yeah. And then, and it looks better. That's the thing. It's it's one thing to keep noodling around on a project, and not have it really seem to change much because you're just tweaking it in such minute ways that yes. no one's ever yes. gonna know, and you were, should probably stop. <laughs> but that was like every time I saw it, it looked better. 
Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's it's all about, I think terrain is a lot, actually, the terrain should be a lot like a model. You just have your mental image of when it's done, it's done. Yeah. And, like, you know, there's a lot of things that you can add to pieces of terrain, a lot of little details that you could add that you don't have to add. But would it would it beef it up a little more? Would it make it just that much more interesting? Sure, it would. But, I mean, you don't have to. No, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because I mean, like little logos and stuff like you could be putting, you know, biohazard symbols on the barrels or flammable symbols or, you know, any number of things on stuff like that to make them a little more interesting. Mm -hmm. But it is necessary. Yeah, my, my point I wanted to go with is if I'm building a table for myself, I'm going to want to make it look really, really, really cool and really sweet and really nice. For my convention, I'm mass-producing terrain. I'm going to have to try to get it out as quickly as possible and still have it looking decent. Um, Kathy, you kind of know this with Adepticon. Uh, oh, I do, but I'll tell you what. All the Kill Team terrain that I made for the Kill Team tournament tables had Hello Kitty on them. <laughs> In different places, on different parts. But the yep. like the the terrain that you make and you do for uh, 40k for the mass amount of tables, you've got to get it's a ton of terrain. I mean, mm -hmm. if you really think about it, if they're doing ITC type standard stuff, there is a guideline, and it's like I think it's four large pieces, multi tier, and you know forest and all this other stuff that has to be done, and to do like 20 tables is a lot of terrain. Either you either got to mass uh, buy it or you have to, you know, 3D print it, which is becoming the norm. Yeah. We had painting parties yes. uh, for Adepticon where we get, we have like a whole weekend. It's almost like a tiny, tiny mini convention with just volunteers who, who all get together and spend three days, an entire weekend, you know, and he, he you know, stay in hotel rooms and then we all get together at you know this person's place and you know there's airbrushes there's like a bunch of airbrushes out there so people are airbrushing stuff other people are dry brushing stuff other people are adding details and it's like this you know this assembly chain. line yeah it's an assembly line mm -hmm. and and over the course of those days a ton of terrain gets pushed out mm -hmm. and, and honestly we all as players take so much more leniency on a tournament's terrain because we're not expecting the world. Like, honestly, this place is doing this tournaments and has actual solid, good terrain for the game. I'm never upset. You know, it takes effort and everything. So, you know, again, you, you have to do, you have to, you have to, well, honestly, it's with everything. You have to paint the model and the terrain according to what it is. You know, if you need to get an army done quick, you can't be painting, you know, super detailed models. You kind of got to go with the just the basic details. Same with terrain. If you got to get your own personal stuff done, like Mo said, you paint it much better. If you're painting stuff mass produced because you're going to have a bunch of people playing a tournament, you get a little more lenient on it. Yeah, it all depends on how much time you have to spend on it. If you find out at the end that you have a little more time to spend on things, you can go back and, you know, paint Hello Kitty on everything if you want. 
<laughs> we, we did the same thing when we had the old, uh, if you remember the Mighty Empires tile re-release that they had, I don't know, at this point, a decade plus ago at Games Workshop. <laughs> we, rather than me trying to paint it all or anything like that, I handed a couple sprues out to everyone and everyone painted a couple, a couple sprues of tiles. It all got done super quick. And when you put them all together, sure, there's a little difference in each one, but not so much that you, anyone really cared. You know, but you that know, isn't great. even a problem because there's always a difference from one building to another or mm -hmm. one piece of terrain to another. I mean, even in real life. I mean, unless you're Dave Taylor, sure. <laughs> we says tournaments, cons also have to be concerned about storage of said terrain, and that yes. is absolutely correct. Yes. Uh, Adepticon has just this year expanded their warehouse space. <laughs> They have warehouse space. Yep. And working someplace that offers warehouse space, it's not necessarily cheap. Oh, no. I mean, if you've got the right place and you could palletize the stuff well, it's probably not that it's not that expensive. But, you know, you still need someone to walk over it and all that. So it's not cheap. I would say for what Adepticon has, I mean, I don't know how many pallets worth of terrain they have, but I'm going to take a wild guess. A I'm going to say it probably cost them. If they get a good deal, three, four hundred dollars a month to store it potentially. Probably. I mean, you might be able to get it less, but you'd got you'd have to really get a good deal then. Yeah. And uh, and they absolutely rent a truck to haul that stuff. Oh yeah, because if you think about it, I mean, there's it's... so much stuff too. It yeah. isn't even just terrain; it's all the table coverings, and uh, and and all kinds of prize support. Well, yeah, you I mean, know how much room that takes up now. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, all that stuff. And we're, we're all and we're, we're has to get stored somewhere because you're acquiring like prize support and stuff over the course of the year. Yep. Yeah, and like we're, we're not even near what you know, Adepticon is, but there's a lot of people that are like, oh, well, you just do this. I'm like, it just doesn't work like that. Just do this is never the answer. No. It's never that simple. No, it's never that simple. To to be fair, that's sort of how my company gets a lot get gets around because our whole motto is we'll do it for you. <laughs> and a lot of places will love to like not have to worry about doing the shit because it's not all that stuff's not easy. Like I know about warehousing and now having been the other end, I know about the cost of that stuff. So it's all really interesting to see and puts new light on this. You know, people are like, oh, ticket prices are so expensive. You don't understand how much costs there are, dude. Yeah, there's overhead. Even yeah. in a non-profit. Well, plus you also got to realize, like, you've got terrain's going to have wear and tear. Even if oh, you yeah. seal it the best ever, stuff happens. Oh, yeah. Stuff breaks every all year, the time. Every year, not only are we making and painting new terrain, but we're touching up old terrain. Mm -hmm. Every year. Throwing and away I'm, terrain that's broke completely and yep. making new terrain. I am glad that, uh, you know, I found in the last two decades gamers have become so much more gentle with terrain uh, i think if... the more you make yourself the more you realize how much work it is yeah well, and uh so you're you are a little more careful it's not like you just went and got you know plastic toys at you know toys r us for although <laughs> i know sometimes you do some that. of that can be good yeah yeah well i mean Several of us, at least in this area, we started off with Games Workshop's Battle Bunker, and they always had terrain there, so people didn't get second thought. 
In fact, we had to basically kick a kid out because he, to keep his his tyrannids on a hill, he's just jabbed their tail into the hill. Oh. Ooh. Yeah, he he got the, he got a hell of a talking to after that. But you're like, you know, but he wasn't giving any thought. It's just, just, oh, it's just terrain. Nowadays, people are like, they know how much time goes into terrain. They're like, oh, yeah, let's be careful with that. You know, when we're younger, we're like, oh, I throw the Coke machine. You just sort of toss it off the table. Now we're like, I throw the Coke machine. Gently place it over in the tossed <laughs> terrain like, area. Uh, my, my friends and I, back when we played uh, 3.5, when their kids started playing with us, we had all the the models. Uh, Jim and I painted up the models for all the characters, you know, and th- they're metal, you know. And the kids treated them as if they were like Dave's, uh, you know, the the plastic pre-painted D&D models you get. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then everybody's like, no, 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 no. No. The hand painted ones with the the weapons that are that bend because it's pewter. Yeah, they're not bending because uh, as a feature, it's a bug in this case. <laughs> it's a plague. But yeah, do not, been... do not crush the models together. You know. Nope. To be fair, when I did villains for D and I just had box O generally unpainted models with maybe a handful of painted ones I'd be more careful with. Otherwise, I don't fucking care. I did love the D&D models for that, though, because literally I'm like, back in the box, fucker. I don't uh-huh. care. Yeah, it is refreshing to be able to do that. But, yeah, I mean, you know, as a miniature gamer, if you look at something and you know it's painted, you're like, nope, nope. Yeah, also touching someone's miniatures that, you know. Oh. <laughs> we says, or you toss Doc Ock to the side because he was KO'd. Then he falls to the floor. Oh, wait, that was me. He or did you can l- be Kathy, who's holding the model in her hand and rolls triple skulls on a re-roll of triple skulls and smacks her hand down on the table with the model and just breaks it off the base. But that's the one that wasn't pinned. So I'm not going to name any names, but there was a guy who had a beautifully converted uh, high elf team out of uh, the Shadow Warriors from Mordheim when they came out years and years ago. One of them got killed, and he literally picked it up, and he chucked that at the wall, and it exploded. Oof. His own, his, his own miniature, though? His own model. Okay. Oh, he would never, ever do that to someone else's model. Like, that would not happen. And I think a lot of us are like that. None of us would ever throw someone else's model, but we'll throw our own, because, damn it, if I fuck it up, it's my own fault. Oh, uh, we had to kick someone out because of that. Throwing their own models or someone else's? Someone else's. Oh, well, Gonzo, you wouldn't have to kick them out with me. You'd have to call the police. Yeah. That's, that was a pretty bad thing. Yeah. But yeah, like I said, people have gotten a lot better with that, I find, over the years. Yeah, because people are starting to realize how much time and energy it takes to get things done. I mean, I have been working on all of our terrain, and I've been just doing it as quickly as possible just to try to get it out. Because, I mean, I have a job and all this other stuff to do. And I spent all day yesterday painting up all of our terrain. That's what I did Friday. That's what I did Saturday. Friday after I got off work. streamed it. should have streamed it. Yeah. That's content. Yeah, it was just trying to get it done. Well, maybe as uh, Twitch loosens the music, uh, music rules might be a little better. Yeah, I had to play music. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm with you there. I mean, I although mean, you know, as long as you turn off the the vods and clips, I think you can you can play music. Well, they the they they started relaxing that, and there's going to be a pre-approved like lists and all this other stuff mm-hmm. to stop yeah. all that issue, which is good. As soon as that hits, I think it would be a lot more interesting for that kind of stuff. But yeah, but that's the thing. That's the thing, kind of thing. It's best done as Kathy said, assembly line, a group. If you can get a bunch of people together and just go. Yeah. Make it make an event of it. You know? What was it? Uh, I think Marshall did it a couple of years ago. He needed to get our models painted for Adepticon, actually. So he had, you know, we just all came over like, all right, what do you, what do you need? Like, I started late. Like, what do you need? So he's like, just do this. So I'm just painting on models like here, painting the bits he says. Here's those bits. Goes to someone else. They do the next step. Just fun while hanging out. It's all good. Mm-hmm. Um, back in the day, all the guys... Uh, there was always a joke of playing a uh, army that had uh, like 800 hobgoblins in it. Oh my god! <laughs> and the guys were like, "John, if you purchase that army, we will help you paint them all to play in a tournament because we want to see that shit." <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff like terrain. You know, your buds will get there. Uh, Bowie's been painting terrain and leaving it at Marshall's place for us to play. It's great because Marshall's got a crap ton of terrain painted now. I need to get back on painting some terrain. Just been painting so many models. Got a little head on the models I haven't painted. You'll paint it later. Jesus, sleep alone. It's fine. As long as he gives his slaves beer and pizza, it's fine. <laughs> no, how about homemade chili? Or homemade chili, even better. Yeah, or better, better yet, fire up the barbecue. He has done all of those things. And let me just tell you, that chili, fucking A. Not chili. That's really good. But, Kathy, you have to make your way out here sometime. Might be able to convince El Marshall to make chili. I need to do my tour of the East Coast, apparently. <laughs> yep, that is true. Marshall cooks for all of us, and there's a dedicated fridge for drinks. We all bring drinks when we can, and occasionally someone will bring in food and all that. We, You know. We're all like functioning adults. <laughs> potluck. Oh, uh, not potluck. He cooks. I mean, because no those, grill. It's one of those Minnesota things. I don't know. Do oh, other people potluck. do that? Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. I've heard of a lot of, uh, uh, you know, uh, people, role-playing groups doing potluck type things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Live stream the tour, says Bowie. <laughs> or record it. That'd be a good YouTube series. Kathy tours the East Coast. I don't have a I don't have a YouTube channel not not really. You can twitch it. You don't have one yet. 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 Yeah, because it is a smart thing to do. Yep. Get your brand out there. Expand in the the social mean, not the physical mean. We don't want to expand, we want to contract a little bit. Yeah. It's hypnotic watching Gonzo paint the black on the windows, I have yeah. to say. Cool. <laughs> well, should we uh, go to a part two topic or the one I thought we were going to go with first, but you. Uh, just yeah, I just kind of I kind of went in. Then. So, yeah, go ahead. I'm like really entranced by doing this. So go ahead and go with it. Well, you wanted to go with it, but uh, I didn't. I only briefly perused it, but I do have insight. Yeah. Uh, Kathy brought it up to us and then we all saw it and all read it and kind of went with it. <laughs> so. The Paizo workers unionized. I don't know the full details. I just thought it was interesting that a 
Oh, hey, look. Ears are going off. An hour's up. Am I going to put it? Five. Hey, four, I already spent my channel points. Three. I redeemed my channel points for another hour. <laughs> hey, Siri. There was Siri. no cooldown. My channel points were taken. Set a timer for one hour. <laughs> um, okay. Break from the norm. Uh, John paid it. Y'all are saved this once. Um, United so, Taizo Workers yes. is mm -hmm. what their union is called. Yeah. Which, you know, really thinking about it, I didn't even, I wouldn't even think about that because did they say how many workers that are there? Over 30. Which is interesting because usually it's like large groups of people, you know, hundreds of well, people they, that would do it. So they have support from the Communication Workers of America. Okay. Which is a media labor union. Okay. I just so, didn't think that there was, you know, I, I'm used to hearing about it as like, you know, a, you know, hundreds of thousands of people trying to get, you know, unionized. Cool. Well, no to, to sound like that guy, that's what the man wants you to think. Correct. Yeah, to think that you're that a small business or a business with with only 30 employees or 50 employees or 20 employees or 15, you know, you can form a union. Mm -hmm. You absolutely can form a union. Absolutely can. And if you're not getting treated properly, you absolutely fucking should. Yeah. And even if you are getting treated properly, this will ensure that you continue to get treated properly. Right. Because you never know who the next... Boss. You know, officers of the company are going to be if they're going to if they're going to act the same way or if your company changes owners, you know, what are they going to do? Absolutely. So I actually asked one of our uh, one of our buddies when just moved back to the area uh, who used to work for Games Workshop at a high level in sales and also worked for. Um, Asmodee or FFG slash Asmodee at a high level in sales for a while, what his thoughts were. And, you know, he doesn't really think it's going to catch on. Hmm. He doesn't think it's going to make any big waves in the industry. Um, just because it is such a small amount of people, most of the companies aren't reporting this kind of problem that would require it. And, and also, a lot of the companies, like, Asmodee is a European company. They already get better benefits because of that. Now, granted, I mean, they couldn't also have a union get better, better benefits, but, like, inherently, it's like Games Workshop, Games Workshop's UK company. They already give you better than you would get in the US, inherently. Or it just ensures that you keep getting the benefits you get and they aren't taken away from you. Well, they, they have different laws in the, UK, in the UK and all that, so it becomes... Like the 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 low end I mean, bar is way higher in Europe than it is in the U.S. Oh yeah, yeah. Actually, I don't know. <laughs> Let's not get political on this or more <laughs> political. Oh yeah. So it was interesting to hear his take that he doesn't think it's going to make that big of a, a splash in there because I was like, hey, is this going to make a big slash splash? You know, Watsy, you know, Games Workshop, whatever. And he's brought up good points. Like, no, not really. A lot of those places, because I mean, America's at will. They just be like. You try to unionize, they just, I mean, it's a tough industry. They can just get rid of everyone and just get new people. Yeah. 
Which is especially happening. someone someone like GW, where they're like, you know, they're, and this is a funny thing. If you wonder why you're not seeing a lot of great innovation from Games Workshop right now, he points out that they've had 80% like for like growth on 40k. They're not going to put anything into it. If it's just growing 80% with no effort, keep the no effort and put the effort into something that's not growing. Which yeah. is a great point. So everyone who wants to see those cool new Eldar models that we haven't gotten in 30 years, stop buying their shit. What? I know, right? Vote with your fucking dollar. But So yeah, so it is good to see them doing that, and it sh should help diffuse a... It's a better resolution of this toxic situation than I ever thought would happen. How about that? Yeah. So that's good to hear. But, I mean, the, the most of the companies don't have this problem, really. Even Watsi that has its problems, one of them is not that kind of toxicness in there. But that's probably because they were owned by Hasbro, a bigger company that's just like already should have that shit together, theoretically. Oh, and uh, Bowie, you can't really have Dungeon Masters and Game Masters unionized. We don't fucking get paid. We, we don't need to unionize. If you guys aren't good to us, we just fucking stop running games. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I want to put something out. Uh, Kathy, I think you should get the Space Marines Chibi Advent Calendar. There's a such thing? There is such a uh... thing. <laughs> As she goes and searches for it and... Orders it promptly. Are you waiting for yeah. No, I'm not ordering that. No. <laughs> That's awesome. That would be it amazing. Is. It is really cool. But not your thing. Oh yeah, it's totally my thing. I'm not ordering it though because I'm not made of money. What? I don't go out and buy every cool thing I like. I know it's a shock, but you know. That's how budgeting works. No, I'm an adult. I'm supposed to, be able to go out and buy all the cool things that I want. I was promised it'd be better when I'm an adult. I'm just happy I get to eat whatever I want now. That's fair. I mean, that's fair. I don't buy everything I want either. I didn't buy that uh, Unicron. <laughs> it was slightly pricey. We didn't really have space for it. Yeah, it was. A, it's an awesome model, though. Yes. So. Yeah, I just thought it was interesting because it was it was just kind of out of the blue. Yeah. Again, it, you know, it was one of those things where you didn't you would never expect it to end. Well, I mean, hate to say it bluntly, that well. Yeah. And suddenly, it did. I imagine it's a thing that's been going on for a while, and they were just you know keeping it under wraps a bit. Until they were ready to make an announcement. Well, I mean, you don't get paid a lot in the gaming industry to begin with. So, I mean, I'm sure. Well, yeah, I think that was the part I was more interested about because, you know, paying people in the gaming industry is, is and actually he brings up a good point. In a lot of those industries, you're not, like even at the higher levels, the higher companies, you're not learning a lot of marketable skills to go on with your life. No. You're learning them in a very specific manner for what you're doing there. 
So, I mean, that's why so many good people leave the game industry and go to real companies because they want to get marketable skills and they don't get paid enough. Yeah. Uh, I've interviewed for a few companies and a few gaming companies recently because, you know, I'm looking for a new job. And the amount of pay that they tell me for their positions, I'm like, really? And you require what? And you require what? A four-year degree, three years of experience, and you're paying $30,000 to run an entire department? That's a joke. It's a bad joke. Yeah. Like, um, we could have a They talk. need to be closer to double that than not. Actually, I'd say That's double insane. that. That's insane. I, I got paid only a little less than that for folding T-shirts at the T-shirt place I worked at where there were eight employees. It was, I was very shocked at one position, which was a running a shipping department and they paid, they wanted X, Y, Z and control all the shipping for one. And they were paying $30,000. No. Hey, wow. That was easy. Yeah. And I told them that and I told them the reason too. And I wasn't rude or anything. I was like, no, that's. You're asking way too little. So yeah, so here's the thing: is uh, I can do that. I'm a hundred percent qualified for that job. I've done very close similar to that myself. And uh, let me just tell you that. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, you said thirty thousand a year. Yeah. Let's see. Now it was a, now. What's funny is you know I've been looking at some stuff that's remote, and I get that a remote position, you're not going to get paid as much. That's not true. But, but, but I can under, I can understand it. I can understand some drop in pay if I'm not coming in and stuff like that. I, I I can I can understand that, and I can go with it a little bit, but not that much of a difference. You know what I'm saying? Now, first off, I wouldn't want to try and run a shipping department and not be present, but. Should you do that? That's fourteen forty-two an hour, Gonzo. Yeah, it's a fucking joke. Yeah, uh, I, I can get you more being a customer, a entry-level customer service rep at my company. I can get you more than that. Yeah, I don't think they realize that, and that's with, what, that... with zero actual experience in customer service. But honestly. Everyone actually has some experience with customer service because they've had to deal with it on one end or the other. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. That's a bad joke. Yeah. Double bad like... joke if they want a degree. Yeah. Oh, there's been times I've seen. Uh, I had I saw one uh, advertisement. This person said, hey, we want you to interview this position. And I said, I looked at the job and I was like, I don't have a master's degree. I only have a bachelor's. And I'm like, well, we're going to waive that, but w- this is what we want. And then I was like, what's the pay? Oh, starting out is 28000 <laughs> Fuck right off. I was like, uh, really? So Marshall just noted that his 18-year-old makes $14 an hour in, a, in an apprenticeship program. Yeah, but that's, that's, I mean, not to get political, that's not really our normal uh, oeuvre of topic, but this is all going to come to a head, and it's all going to change. Yeah. It is the next big crisis in America. 
So. People are going to have to start paying for what they want. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's an easy way to cut costs to companies. But CEO really worth all those millions? Uh, spoiler, the answer is probably no. Oh, uh, there's many companies I worked for. Like one company, we were like, uh, you have to take, you can't work 40 hours a week because we have to cut budget. You have to work, you know, less. Oops, made a mess. And I was like, oh, well, shit. Okay. Do I, you know, keep my job? Yeah, you still get to keep your job, but just a few hours. And then all of a sudden, the CEO and managers have got a bonus of, you know, whatever. And they're like, oh, well, that's in their contract, so we have to give it to them. I says, my contract says I work 40 hours a week. What the hell? Yeah, I'm not really. It'll be in there. We're good. And honestly, there's a lot of stuff that's going to come to a head. But I'm glad that some of the guys in the gaming industry are getting what they should. Yeah. Because they shouldn't have to live in poverty just because they're making games. There's a lot of money in games. But they have to sell it for $2 billion. So, of course, it's... They, they they have to just make up that money somehow. I'll work it out. <laughs> but how about this? The Taco Bell near us gives $15 an hour base, it looks like. Sure, yeah. their prices have gone up a tiny bit. But you know what else has gone up? Their fucking service. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I, I'm okay with it. I, I will pay a good rate for what I want to get. And we need to look at that. But yes, Sandra Ward says the greed has gotten out of hand. It has. And someone said, like, you know, oh, to pay people properly, you'd have to have an X increase on role-playing books. Like, first off, you're wrong, because it's divided over the cost of all the books. And there are places they can also cut costs. Um, And we're all willing. Like, we all play $50 for a role-playing book right now without batting an an eyelash, really. Yeah. We buy the ones we want. We don't buy the ones we don't want. What's 55 if it means they get a fucking living wage? Just make sure the money's getting to the right person. Yeah. Don't increase it to 55 and then they give the CEO a bonus. Exactly. I mean, I'm willing to pay a premium price for a premium product and make knowing that a company's paying people good money, you know? Yep. Yep. So. Um, let's talk, uh, let's go back on the topic of terrain as we got off our, you know, our... Let's make and sure you're the one who people. jumped right into terrain. I thought this was going to be yeah. the first topic and then talk about terrain. Yeah, <laughs> I did. And I, I, was, like, I was getting excited. Um, so terrain for games. Certain games, like I says, do better with more terrain, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. Infinity. Um, I would say almost every game out there does better with more terrain. Correct. Really, yeah. It, it makes it more interesting. Uh I can't stand a boring game where all you do is either shoot each other from across the table or just run up to each other and that's it. And there's no maneuvering or strategy or anything about it. No boring. Ta- tactical movement. So you don't like old, old fantasy games? <laughs> if that's what old, old fantasy games were like, then well, you you're set up correct. and there's oh, yeah. like there's some there's a little piece of wood over here, a little piece of wood over here, a hill here, a hill here, and nothing in the center. Now, while to a point it makes sense that you would choose that ground to meet an enemy on, you don't always get to choose your ground. Right. So, I do like more interesting, too. I mean, I've played games where there was a big forest. I'm like, I'm going to use that forest to cover my flank. 
because now that big unit of fuckheads can't get through that forest easily, and uh, I don't have to worry about it as much. Yeah, cause I mean, but I mean, some games, you have to have it, or the game... Like I said, I, I'm going to go back to Infinity. The infinite line of destruction. Oh, yeah. Infinity, you got the guns. You, you've got to have terrain in Infinity, because there are some weapons that would have not quite tabletop range, but functionally tabletop range. Yeah. Oh, you're only 42 inches instead of 48 inches. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Oh, right. diagonally could be more. But yeah, terrain's important in that game, also because cover's important in that game. Um, in fact, honestly, we've been harping on GW for years for having substandard terrain rules. You know? They sort of overcorrected when Fantasy... The last edition of Fantasy came out. And I can say the last edition because it was the last edition. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, they did all these cool terrain things. Haunted forests and shit like that that did stuff. And all the... Well, I'm going to say it right. All the super serious fantasy players like, oh, this is bullshit. What is this bullshit? Blah, 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 blah. And that's and GW has overcorrected to the absolute shittiest and most generic terrain rules ever. Asterix, I have not actually seen the current current edition of either Age of Sigmar or fantasy, or uh, 40K, but they're not great as far as terrain for haven't been for years. Uh, uh, design. Yes, the Marvel Crisis Protocol does have very good terrain rules. They're very simple for the most part, but it needs to be because we throw shit at people all the time. Yes, you Bro. could literally have a used car lot, and at the end of the game, I guarantee you, there will not be that many cars left. <laughs> We're there gonna shouldn't be. Them. We're gonna be throwing cars like I'm like throw a car, fuck it. When did that? I like the idea of a used car lot. I think Marshall was looking at that as a potential. Huh. He's one of the uh, construction trailer uh, as the office and everything. But even that, you can totally have uh, different types of vehicles. But yes, so Xander Rose says, I hate how War Machine has bland terrain. They have, they had solid terrain rules, but yeah, they did very bland terrain, and people sort of evolved that way. I got... People got sort of up in arms because I let my buddy the Jason set up terrain for War Machine of Horrors. Like, well, we can't all get through every place. Well, yeah. Welcome to fucking terrain, fuckhead. (laughs) (laughs) If the Hulk is not going to be able to get through a place that a smaller person can get through. I've done that purposefully. I've been like, I've I've taken a base and go, okay. So guys on the medium-sized bases can make it through here. Oh, Hulk and all can't fit through. Sounds good. That I mean, there needs to be more of that. Playing Infinity Use Carlot, that'd be interesting too. Especially Xander Void if you'd have rules where like explosions all could blow up the cars. And that's sort of thing we've lost too in that is we're so focused on and this is an evolution. It's not anyone's fault. I'm not throwing stones yet. We've gone from the cool rules for stuff to need to be able to play a pickup game in the local store without any problems. So we've lost a lot of those cool cool stuff, you know, where people would say, like, you know, hey, if I shoot this, does it blow up? Sure, it blows up. You know, that kind of thing. That that beer and pretzels basement game where you can do all that cool stuff. That's sort of gone away, unfortunately. But again, it's done that uh, just because 
that's sort of the environment we've gotten to. We went from playing in our basements in our homes to playing in game stores, and now we're going to sort of go into this mix where we play a little bit everywhere. Uh, so we need to make sure we're we're looking at that when you're doing stuff, you know. And I think the companies have sort of gotten away from it too. I mean, hell, for fuck's sake, Warchin uh, Horror Charger Press doesn't even have fucking an actual general scenario. Or even cool scenarios. Like, even just having some cool stuff in your book for scenarios would be great. Yeah, they have some, they have some story-related stuff, but there's not, like, generic 101. Well, you don't even just generic. And, and, and it's all very binary scenarios. Both sides relatively equal. I mean, you need to have the, the scenarios that are kind of one-sided with all sorts of terrain. You know, and all cool stuff in there. It's, it's They're related. Um you know, I said this a couple times, me and a, and a buddy who's now lives in Texas played basically a version of Zulu for 40K where it was Praetorians, Imperial Guard versus Orcs, just like the Zulu thing. And it was the most fun ever. We had all like farmhouse and they had all the barricades and stuff. And, you know, I just came across the open board. There was towers for snipers and all. It was great. Special rules for scenarios, special cool terrain for it. But we sort of gotten away from that to sort of generic. What do you need? Oh, well, you know, every table needs two forests, a uh, water feature, a building or two, maybe a couple walls. It's gotten very cookie cutter. And we need to get away from that. Do you think it's because the games are becoming more, everybody's getting more for competitive play? Yes. Absolutely. Because they can't just have fun and, and just have a fun game. They need to be competitive. And it's a fault to a point of certain games that just catered to that. That was their bread and butter, so they catered to it. Yes, I am definitely throwing stones at War Machine to Horde right now, in case you're wondering. Uh, they catered to it, because that was the thing. You know, that was their bread and butter. We were the competitive game. Absolutely, they were. But everyone else tried to emulate that, so some of them got out of there, and it was a little weird. Now, Infinity's been a little outside the box. They've had cool stuff for a while. Uh, Malifaux's train rules are extra complicated but if you use them all they're fine it's just a little more work than you necessarily want sometimes and they've always been a big one for making cool scenarios and all i haven't seen any a bit but then again honestly they've it's all been a little quiet for a little bit but i think that's all it's all terrain it's all hand in hand you know the terrain plus scenarios and all it becomes the more cookie cutter competitive you get no one gets an advantage because x y or z sometimes that happens Oh my god, you might lose a game because your opponent had a bonus. That shit happens. You know? Don't get upset about it. Just fucking deal with it and move on. But it's my yeah. life. Marshall says, Terrain ain't there to be fair. It's to, to impetus to make choices. To be with hazard or benefit. Random should be random. Absolutely. That's why one of the things I loved about War Machine Hordes was that uh, if you won the die roll, you could choose to go first or you could choose your side. Because sometimes you're like, I can't have this side. I'm going to choose the other side. Hey, that's a great. You put that in the actual game. It becomes a point of contention. Do I want to choose my ground or do I want to have the initiative? 40K should, I think 40K actually does that also. I think all, all the games have gone to that. But that's a good rule for that, for anything where you have bigger armies. Something like Malifaux and Marvel. Actually, I could see that being a good point in Marvel as well. It probably is. We just don't. We just stand outside the table and play because we're just having fun. Yeah, I mean, I could see it like in Marvel after the scenario setup, 
<laughs> you're like, oh crap, I can't climb those buildings as well to get that objective. Or I'm gonna have to concentrate on those objectives instead. Or I like the way the terrain is closer on this side to the thing because I can do shenanigans. Or I want it further because I'm gonna be playing in your fucking face, and I want the terrain right there so I could bounce it off said face. Or I have the so, web warriors, and I don't give a damn about terrain. Yeah, so I mean, there's definitely things in there, and I like when you make that there because it works hand in hand. Yeah, so Bowie has confirmed that is a rule. Player without priority picks table edge, which makes sense. Most games like that, but that's a good rule. That's a good byproduct of what War Machine of Hordes did way back in the day. I think 40k did it about the same time, maybe. Um, so, but I, I think that's great, and that can definitely help a game and help you want to put more terrain out there. And I think more games should make... If you have a choice between making last edition 40k terrain, I'm going to say last edition because I'm more familiar with it, uh, where it was just super duper fucking generic. It was, it, I don't, don't want to say it was necessarily bad, but it's generic and boring. Yeah, it was like, oh, okay, I don't care about the terrain. If you're between that and you have a choice and say something like Malifaux, where it's very specific. This terrain is height three and blocking and hazardous. It all has keywords. You know what it does, but you have to think about it. Go with the more the more detailed one because it's going to be more fun in the end. Because if you don't use it because you're having a pickup, you're having a fun, friendly game with somebody, it doesn't fucking matter, but it's there to use it. You can always not use details, if you don't give us the information, most people aren't going to take the fucking effort to figure it out for them fucking selves. I'm stopping because I don't want to get in a rant because it's almost time for a media section. <laughs> but no, I mean, terrain is, I mean, we, we've gone over a terrain thing before where it's mm -hmm. very important. But I like that a lot of games are 3D terrain. It is causing a little bit of a more of an issue for like conventions and stuff. They've got to scramble more, which I get it. Yep. Uh, uh, and, and honestly, 2D terrain for convention. I mean, I understand I'd want to have it, but I can understand when you've got to have so many tables. It's just the, the temptation to have just that is, is understandable. Oh, yeah. Type thing. And like I said, there is a group dedicated, uh, going back to the War Machine and Hordes, to making 3D terrain for War Machine and Hordes. Uh, and and I'm like, good, that's what we need. And that's the reason why I was like bringing it up because my friend Damon is printing a table for just that. And he's got a table for like all the new terrain and a table for all the basic terrain type thing. And it's all 3D with neoprene mat underneath it. So in case it needs to move for whatever reason. Yeah. And, and honestly, when you take a step back from your mindset of playing that competitively, it was always kind of boring. That was always the same fucking terrain. Like, yeah. okay, look, we've, you bought 17 of the Muse on Minis packs, which is cool that it's there, but it takes some of the excitement out of the things. You know, remember the days when you go to a tournament and you see that cool table, you're like, I fucking want to play there. Nowadays, or, or back when I was playing more competitively War Machine Horns, I'd be like, I don't want to play there. That's complicated. You know, Jan, uh, Jan Flange, the Devil Squid, made a table out of just walls. <laughs> for uh, Awards. And now he made careful to make it to his places because I'm like, you know, if someone's got a colossal or something, it could be a problem. He's like, yep. I'm like, all right, fair enough. <laughs> uh, I actually won a game based off of that. Um, I had a guy that was playing three colossals and the table was had a ton of walls and he couldn't move. And mm -hmm. I'm like, sucks to be you. Yep. 
I'm going to pick this side. Oh, oh you man, can't come I over here that, and I, win? I had Sorry. to play on that as well. And now he was a little more lenient. There was a place to move, but there were places that he couldn't e- you couldn't easily get. And honestly, I think that's we need more of that. It, like Marshall said, it's the training there to be fair. It's, you know, use the ground. So, anyways, it's it's media section time. That's a building. Kind it's a building. Of blurry. I'm gonna, yeah, you can't see it. I'm going to be taking all my buildings that have uh, open windows and putting blue cellophane behind it and tea lights inside of it. Okay. Hopefully it'll, hopefully it'll do good. I haven't tested it out, so I'm hoping it'll do good and it'll look decent. Well, I think uh, if you need help with that, you should uh, message on Marshall because he is good at that kind of thing. Yeah. I'm just hoping the tea lights are strong enough to go through the blue. I took a really light, light blue. Uh, switch over. Meet. Section. Sorry about my camera. I'm sorry. So, uh, I did not watch a lot of movies. I watched a lot of small stuff. But I have a total of one, two, three, four, five things to talk about. <laughs> no movies, though, so it's all small stuff. I can see John. I, I can feel the eyeballs on me. <laughs> Actually, only one right now. I mean, the other one's over here. Yep, it's it's looking at the laundry. So, uh, I have two, three, something like that. Okay. Uh, Kathy's got at least two. 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 Okay. No, uh, Mo, I don't think any of us watched Wellington Paramormal. If it was, it was uh, Gonzo. He's shaking his head now. No. Nope. Sorry. To be fair, though, I'm still catching I've up on all sorts of things. He mentioned is. it last week. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go with just a quick and easy one. Um, found, the new episode of Foundation came out, uh, which says it's on Apple TV, so sorry if you can't watch it. Um, it's my new favorite. I look forward to this show every single time, and I immediately, I am glued. You know me, I usually have to do something while I'm watching TV. Can't with this. I, I, my phone is down. I'm all in it. I am loving the history. I am loving the characters. I am loving all of it, and I am completely in love with this show. Um... I am half tempted to get the books, but I really don't want to. Um, but because I know this is only based on the books, and I just don't want to kind of move or anything. But I'm loving the history in the world. I think it's amazing. Um, it reminds me of my when I first started watching. Um, what's the other space show? The got, Expanse. The Expanse. When the Expanse first came out, I was like, "Oh yeah, this is awesome." I'm getting the same type of feeling. Uh, which there's a new season of the Expanse already coming. I still need to catch up on the last one. Yeah, they yeah, they announced a new one. The last one either, now that I yeah. It. I'm yeah. a slacker. It's been weird. Yeah. Like, well, Kathy will sympathize. Almost like streaming several this week takes a lot of your free time away. <laughs> yeah, weird. So I've I've really been enjoying it. I think it's a great. Uh, the production value is amazing. Uh, costumes, special effects, everything. I'm all for this show. I'm glad it's got a second season already. I can't wait to see where this goes. I hope it's Dune. Because by the time this is done, Dune should be out. And so I'm like, 
another good, you know, hoping, fingers crossed, that's another good sci-fi. So, uh, zero space so RPs for me right now. Cool. Do we want to talk about all the DC stuff, or are we going to save that for the last? I'll listen for the last, because I have all of those also. Okay. The so, DC uh, fandom that came out. Well, then, you guys want the rant or the non-rant? Ooh, let's go with the rant first, because I like Happy John at the end. Cool. Uh, <laughs> I watched the next episode of uh, What If. Which one was this one? Uh, what If Ultron 1. Okay, gotcha. And, uh, unfortunately, early in it, there was a moment that completely took you out of it, and I was like, killed my enjoyment, but it made me definitely fucking enjoy it less. Uh, I can see that. Slight spoiler, and this isn't really a spoiler because it happens so early in the episode. It's when Thanos shows up and Ultron just cuts him in half. I'm like, oh, fuck off. <laughs> it's so fucking stupid. Seriously. Like, I can understand making little things happen just to get your narrative, but fuck you. That is not even remotely cool. It is stupid to the extreme. And it completely took me out of the episode. Uh, which is bad because the the intro was great. I'm like, oh, this is cool. And then that happened. I'm like, oh, fuck off. I'm done with this shit. <laughs> like, I'm sure it was probably a fine episode, but that is, I mean, I liked having Toby Jones come back to reprise his voice for Armzola, which is great. Uh, I like the overall ideal of it, um, but it just, that took me out so much. I was just fucking done. And I, I think if anything's, so far, I would say this is the worst of the Marvel series that have come out. The, the zombie one was weird, Xander. Yeah. yeah I, I, I don't, don't like zombies, but I also hate how zombie things all have to make everyone become fucking stupid for them to become remotely. And there's so much deuces mocking out to get in there. Like, oh, you're traveling a train out of New York and suddenly Captain America's there? Of course he fucking is. Randomly out of nowhere. No, fuck off. Uh, four. Fucking four shots of... <laughs> oh, sorry. No, four shots of Kraken. I'm going to the old school. Four shots of Kraken for that fucking episode. Four space herpes. Fuck you and your fucking bullshit. Make... Don't be so fucking lazy when you're writing your goddamn episodes. How do you write something that ended so well like Vision Scarlet Witch? Like I said, I saw the last episode. That was very cool. Really good moments in there. Um, and then you get Falcon or Soldier. Amazing. Fucking great. I like it more than Loki. And Loki's fucking great, too. Oh, yeah. How, how do you just... just uh, we can't figure out how to get from A to B. Fuck it. He cuts, all, cuts him in half with the, the Mind Stone. Yeah, fuck you. That's so fucking dumb. Is it D-U-M dumb? Yes. <laughs> Kathy... <laughs> What's your first one you want to talk about? I uh, I went to the IMAX on Monday and saw <clears throat> Daniel Craig as James Bond. Cool. Oh. That was my first time in the theater in, well, you know. Two years? Yeah. <laughs> just about. So, yeah, it was, it was fun to see on the IMAX, and IMAX is the film it was made on. Mm-hmm. So there, there is a little bit extra, you know, around the edges and everything that, that I got to enjoy seeing it that way. Like I'm gonna remember it if I go to, you know, 
Yeah, but still, it's the experience. See it on TV, but yeah. It was big, and it was loud, and there was lots of explosions, and uh, it was James Bond. Although, there were a few surprising things, and and I don't want to spoil things for people, because I, I mean, I hope other people are planning to go see it, or see it at some point. Yeah, I definitely plan on seeing it. Oh, yeah. It I mean, was not... a nice way to end it for Daniel Craig Xander. I agree. I I am interested to see what they decide to do going forward. I know they're going forward. Obviously, there's going to be another James Bond, and it said so at the end of the credits. So, <laughs> but but what direction will it go in? Who knows? Uh, Daniel Craig looked good. Zero space herpes, I'm guessing. Zero space herpes. It's nice. cool that for a change they made it like a continuous almost Bond story. It, I mean, so out it, of the norm for them. It was weird, yeah. Uh, but, uh, Christoph Walsh is amazing, but well, I still, I still have a problem with that whole thing. Yeah, but like Christoph Waltz is amazing, but it's just like the character. You're the like the character. Fuck you. With, Fuck right off with it. with James Bond. It's like like you're cutting Thanos in half thing. Yes. It's like, really, this is the guy who has been the reason why James Bond's life has been so miserable forever. It seemed like it seemed like a cop out. It was like, and then they woke up. It's lazy writing. <laughs> it's, it's lazy. They do a little bit the, too much. The back. whole the whole movie of Spectre. That's that's what it was. And. You know, in in, in some small way, it continued into this one, but only in a small part. Yeah. So there was there was more other stuff going on. But thumbs up for continuity, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't give a shit. It's good to have a movie give a shit. Well, they invented the continuity inspector and then just carried that on. Yeah, fair. (laughs) But still, that whole that whole series has been about continuity for the most part. I, see, I don't know if the Xander says I think Bond now idea is so outdated, but the Kingsman does it successfully, and that's that didn't seem outdated to me at all. I think that Bond tried too hard to become Born because Born hit and was like amazing. Everyone's like, we need oh, to be yeah. that. Yeah, no, yeah. You can be it your own thing. It became gritty. Yeah, but that's what Kingsman proved. Because they were worried, like, with Austin Powers, you can't be silly and funny anymore. You can be funny and potentially silly, but still be taking yourself seriously. And that's the thing people need to learn, is you can, it's, if you take yourself seriously. Kingsman is its own thing. It's in a genre, though. Yeah, it is part of that genre. You know, genre. it was yeah. influenced, the writers were influenced by yeah. James Bond, by uh, Austin Powers, by our man Flint, and, you know... Any All, others. Yeah. yeah, so. Yeah, but she said she's going to watch those soon coming up. She's going to have some R Man Flint and then some Kingsman and some. Uh, what are the ones you were mentioning? Hold on. Well, it was the, the Austin Power and. Austin Power, yes. Yeah. So, Since I awesome. finished all the James Bond. Yeah, it's good to have a theme. I might start doing that as well. I've got a bunch of movies I can theme up. I just got to get time to watch more than one movie in a week. 
Speaking of not watching a movie in a week, Gonzo, what's your next one? Um, I watched the series, The Movies That Made Us. Uh, there's a new season, and this yep. year, this one is RoboCop, Coming to America, Aliens, Halloween, Friday the 13th, and Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, okay, the Friday the 13th was kind of interesting because they go, hey, Halloween happened. You know, we're just going to copy all the genres from all the other horror movies. Um, so the Halloween and Friday the 13th episode were just kind of meh. I, I really didn't care for them. The Nightmare on Elm Street was pretty neat because of all the stuff they had to do uh, to get certain things to make it. Because uh, they talked about, you know, how the claw is now an iconic horror symbol and everything. Absolutely. Uh, and it, it was interesting to see them say stuff and like, yeah, this movie's going to flop. It's going to be a piece of shit. And of course it didn't, it set off how many fucking movies, um, coming to America was interesting because of, uh, the things they do. Cause coming to America was done differently. Uh, like they were not predicting the snow in New York when they were filming it. It just happened. Um, that the, uh, director and Eddie Murphy actually got into a physical fight on set. (laughs) <laughs> type thing. Um, but the RoboCop and Aliens one was really cool uh, to listen to and hear, you know, how it got made and the behind-the-scenes stuff. Wait, uh, the ones on the movies that I've actually seen, because, spoiler, I've only seen those two movies out of that entire group. Yeah. Uh, they were the actually... Oh, the best ones. Beyond belief. It's really neat to listen to the RoboCop and also... Uh, oh, yeah, Elf was another one, and I kind of... Uh, yeah, I'm actually so Marshall. I've only seen Elf once, but probably not all the way through in one sitting. Probably in like two or three sittings. It's not my not my not my thing. Yeah, uh, I, I I watched Elf today and I forgot to mark it down. I I'm not an Elf fan, but the aliens and uh, aliens RoboCop were part of my part of my upbringing childhood. Yeah. Oh, of course. I saw RoboCop in the fucking. I saw both in the theater, but I saw RoboCop in the theater. My mom took me to see that. <laughs> it, it was it was really interesting to see the behind the scenes of things that didn't work. Robocop uh, was almost rated X for yes. violence. Yeah, they, they mentioned that in there, that they had yeah. to start cutting things down and clipping so many seconds out of a scene to get it from X to R. Um, Aliens was interesting because they had to reshoot some scenes because one of the actors got arrested and fired. Uh, yes, James Remar was originally playing Hicks, but mm-hmm. he got arrested and fired, and they replaced him with Michael Bean, which uh, I like James Remar. He's a great character actor, yep. but Michael Bean's fucking iconic. Yeah. it uh, A lot of that stuff, they did have a tribute to, um, oh, name's Blanken, and Aliens that passed away. Um, the actor, oh my gosh, now I'm, now I'm stuck on it. Has someone in the aliens passed away? Yeah. Um, hold on, I'm, I'm IMDb well, being real quick. Name? And now I can picture him in my head, and I can't think of his name. Yeah. Um, no, he's still alive. No. Um, oh my gosh. It was it was game over, man? Right. Yes. Oh fuck! Yeah, Jesus Christ. Bill Paxton. Yeah. Bill yeah. Paxton. Oh yeah. yeah Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton. Hold on. Yeah, they they had a tribute so, for him. Uh, which was nice and sweet um, and everything. And they had a little story about him and everything. There was just a lot of cool behind-the-scenes stuff about it. And Sigourney Weaver, you know, she that 
movie kind of set off the powerful female role in movies. And they talk about that. Yeah. And uh, they they, they kind of contribute that and they say, yeah. Because originally Sigourney Weaver's character was supposed to be the, the timid type thing. And they were like, nah, we ain't going that way. So Gordy Weaver is going to be the kick-ass female like she was. And we're going to make her even badass now. And so it was a really good watch. Um, So having seen Alien reasonably recently and in the theater at that, she was a strong character in the first movie, too. Oh, yeah. But I mean, in Alien. She's not just some damsel in distress. Yeah. But in Alien, it was really pushed out. So I I really like that. If you like those type of things and like to see the behind the scenes, I definitely suggest watching The Coming to America uh, Robocop and Aliens had all of those more than anything because they were really solid. The Nightmare on Elm Street was pretty cool, but the other ones were really, really interesting. Well, um, in the chat, we're talking about the Man from Uncle update, which Joe Marshall was seeing and recommended to me, and I want to see it, but I was waiting for it to be free. But maybe we all just need to bite the book bullet and watch that next week. Yeah, Man, I'm up for Where's that. it at? What's it on? Uh, I mean, it's not free. Probably oh. Amazon Prime. Paying for it, but you're only paying yeah. like three or four bucks. Oh, yeah, I already have it. I have Amazon Prime. Uh, so just to say, I mean, you really, really can't rank these in space herpes, but I suggest watching Aliens, you know, Robocop, and like Friday the 13th type thing because they're just good, solid. Yeah, um, no guarantees. <laughs> Fair enough. So, John, what's your go happy? My happy one, and I'm sure Marshall's a little surprised. He asked, I'd, I'd, I'd message him directly, let him know. I watched a movie from about eight years ago starring Tom Cruise called Oblivion. Oh, oh man. Oh, I saw that in the theater. Which I never, uh, Petey was supposed to loan to me, but never got a chance to. I really fucking enjoyed it. Oh, it's it a was good movie. Good Once I got past the Tom Cruise being in it, I, I mean, liked I it. I don't. I, I like Tom Cruise. I don't really. I don't care. He can be crazy only once outside as long as he keeps acting as well as he does. Okay, now I remember this. I had to Google it up. Okay. Yep. I I enjoyed the crap out of it. It was very good sci-fi. Um, mm-hmm. Very I mean, interesting honestly, sci-fi. Having they sort of gave away that something was wrong during the trailers, and you could kind of guess what it was, but having the actual total reveal was cool, uh, and I liked the way they presented it all. Um, you didn't see all the stuff coming by any stretch. Yeah, but, it, wasn't, uh, it wasn't predictable. No, no, not really. I mean, like some of the points, like it's going to be something like this. And you're like, oh, yeah, it was this. But no, I very much enjoyed the crap out of it. Uh, just got good visuals, a, a good solid story and very enjoyable acting and all. Um, I mean, I would give it maybe maybe one space herpy. There's a couple things of fridge logic in it which if you guys don't know fridge logic is where you're engaged in the movie doesn't bother you but later you're at the fridge getting a drink you're like wait a minute that shit didn't make sense (laughs) but very much enjoyed i was just watching it it is on hbo max for free so and the funny thing is i only watched it because watching a youtube video by black rifle coffee where veterans react to movies and they were going to react to that and i'm like i haven't seen that so i stopped and like hold on, let me grab my remote, and I asked Amazon for that movie, and it popped up HBO Max. I'm like, I have HBO Max. I'll watch it on Sunday. And I did. Enjoyable. Kathy, let's talk about your next one, which is also enjoyable. I 
went back to my childhood. Well, I've seen this several times since, yeah. but Smokey and the Bandit. I watched that today. And man, it just it's a nostalgia trip for me. It is such yeah. a fun fun movie. It's ridiculous. Yes. Burt Reynolds is just fucking on point through and Sally Field, I kind of forgotten just how good she is in this too. And oh my god, uh, and... Sheriff Buford T. Justice, <laughs> Jackie Gleason Jackie is Gleason. amazing. Oh yeah, like it's a little tough at points to watch because the humor is dated. Let's say it yeah, nicely oh, yeah. dated. It is. Uh, fair, Marshall. Uh, but yeah, I love. Uh, I love that movie. I own it on Blu-ray, of course. Uh, Jerry Reed even does a good job, and he's not even an actor. Yeah. Um, I do not own it on uh, any format. But that was was the first PG movie I saw, not counting Star Wars, in the theater. (laughs) And I'm sure it was really probably not appropriate for my age. But (laughs) there's nothing really terrible in it. Someone gave the finger. I mean, <laughs> and? When you're eight, it's a thing. Oh, oh my family. In my family, that wasn't a thing. <laughs> I mean, come on. I watched Terminator when it came out. And the next day in school, we were all telling each other, fuck you, asshole. Because it was funny. <laughs> because we were eight. But I love the crap out of that movie. It is on point. It has a great theme song. Eastbound and Down is a great song. I yep. absolutely love it. That's on my Road road Songs playlist. Oh, to be honest, Cherry is also a very good musician. Mm-hmm. In addition to being a perfectly serviceable actor in this. It's just a fun movie. And Xander Water brings a good point. Cannonball Run. That's another good set of fun movies. We don't get those anymore. Yeah, Hal Needham, the director, was actually a was actually a stuntman but he just knew how to make the movie on point for that kind of thing and the stunts are cool just enough cool car stuff it just and it always it gets to our our inner rebel you know man bucket the system you know because they're thirsty in atlanta but there's beer in texarkana he'll bring it <laughs> home no matter what it takes <laughs> uh well i could ask i'm sure i know the answer but let's give you the chance to say it I mean, I'll absolutely say that there's there's at least one space herpy going on there. It is old, it is dated, but uh, oh, it's fun. If you're watching it with somebody that doesn't speak English as a first language, please put the English subtitles on for them because <laughs> they <laughs> won't be understand that southern accent and the trucker lingo is like, what? Huh? <laughs> uh, to be honest, I watch everything with subtitles on, but yeah, absolutely. But yeah, uh, and Marshall points out that Obsidian uh, plot twist was good, but okay, but not from Dust Till Dawn, which, right, that's a great plot twist, but hey. More on that when we rewatch that eventually. I really need to rewatch From Dust Till Dawn. It's been years. I haven't seen it in a while. I have to yell at Norn. He's still got my soundtrack for it. Marshall's just quoting it in there. That's great. Oh, God. It, the funny thing is, I give the humor a lot of pass. <laughs> got nothing to do with it. I give the humor a lot You're of pass. You're made the situation. Because it's of the time, and none of it is hateful. 
like you're supposed to be going that Sherrod Bufti Justice is a fucking idiot and he's maybe not hatefully racist, but he's that old Southern old dude casually racist. He doesn't mean like he don't hate people for anything, but he's just he's just one of those guys. Not really forgivable so much anymore, but he's not the protagonist. It's okay to not like him for that. No, he's the guy who you hate, but he does yep. such a good job. Of so funny. That. God, those lines. He delivers them so well. Yeah. Uh, yes, I you feel hate like him on purpose. At this point, he became, almost became my favorite character just because of just how well he did. I mean, he was a terrible person. But he played he it so, so well. well. Yeah. <laughs> DC fandom? I'm uh, sure we can talk about DC fandom. Uh, so this we, this weekend, Decent Fandom kicked off, and they showed a bunch of trailers. Yeah, um, and uh, trailers and or early view just to remind you that the movie's coming out. Yeah. Um, so I sent y'all the one for Peacemaker. Yes. Um, what do you think about that? Uh, Peacemaker. Yeah. Looks looks hilarious. I'll, I'll watch it. Yeah. To me, it looks like you know. And I don't want to say a clone, but it's got the comedy aspects of, like, a Deadpool movie, in a way. But it's coming from the Suicide Squad, which is already that style of movie. I Correct. Think it fits. It, the best way to compare it was, think Deadpool comedy, and you've got what the show's... The feel that the show's going to be like. Um, I'm interested in it. It looks fun. Yeah. I, I laughed at a few scenes. I didn't have an I issue mean, with it. Honestly, John Cena is amusing as fuck throughout the entirety of the Suicide Squad movie. Oh, yeah. And having him in the series sounds fine. Yeah. Uh, he looks like he's going to be a lot of fun in this. I'm looking forward to it. Um, eagle. The fucking eagle. <laughs> he's hugging me. Get a camera. Get, get, can you get my camera? <laughs> oh, God. It, it's a little... Luckily, it tells out what it's going to be. It is absolutely yeah. stupid humor at points, but you know it's going to be that, so yes. thumbs up. And that's what's supposed to be. You're not supposed to expect this great, you know, acting career, you know, Oscar-winning yeah. performance. It's meant to be stupid comedy. Oh, it's Thunder in Paradise? Yes, Sandra Willard. It is kind of Thunder in Paradise. Yeah. So, it looked fun. Um, the new Flash trailer came out. Uh, uh, let's talk about the movie trailers in different different order. Okay, go ahead. What you, you go for? It. I'll let you lead. Uh, the the Black Adam teaser trailer was uh-huh. interesting. Yeah, you know? it didn't show much, cool. but it was enough to yeah. give you a tease. Then the Aquaman uh, and the Lost Kingdom. Hell I, yeah! I didn't see that trailer. I'll have to go back and look at that one. I only yeah. saw the words of it. Jason Momoa, good. They got Black Manta coming back. It, same director. Awesome. It looks like it's going to be fun. Then the Batman trailer, Robert Pattinson. Uh, I'm down. That actually looks like it's going to be interesting. Um, A little bit different take on Batman, but they all are now, and I'm okay with that. It, supposedly, it's supposed to be like a year two Batman. Like, Batman's already been around. Yeah, so we're not going to have to do... Signal. They show that. Yeah. Uh, and then the guy who played Felix Leitner is playing Commissioner Gordon. Oh, yeah. Just for Kathy. Felix Leitner <laughs> from the, the newer Bonds. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, God, what's his name? The guy who played mocap. Andy Serkis is fucking Alfred? Yeah. Hell yeah. That's yeah. so. It looks like Riddler and probably Penguin are the baddies in it. Yep. It is. Uh, there's there's supposed to be some Court of Owls in there that maybe they'll put into a sequel. Yep. Um, but 
Robert Pattinson look convincing as Batman for the most part. Yep. I, I, I'm interested in it. It is going to be a super dark take on Batman. Batman's yeah, dark like in the movie. It's like it's going to be dark, but not like, you know. Emo dark. Yes, thank you. That's, that's, yeah, that's fair way of putting it. Yeah. Um, and I like, I like that they're doing a year two, not a year one where he's learning to be Batman. He already is Batman. We don't need an origin story on Batman. No, they, they've learned that. I, I think that's the best thing Spider-Man Homecoming did is they taught people you don't need a full fucking origin story. No. Not every single time somebody makes a movie about it. No. Uh, then the Legion of Super Pets is animated. Looks yep. like it's <laughs> up down. Uh, I I literally was so upset when I didn't have the funds to buy enough from uh, Night Models to get the crypto model, but I have to call. I have to. There's a line somewhere of like I cannot pay X amount just to get a crypto model. Yeah. Uh, um, and then uh, the big one, surprisingly, the Flash teaser trailer. Two words, fuck, and yes. I, I was interested in it too. I. The Flash character is a really cool character, and I like who they have to play Flash. That's so weird it makes it better. I was kind of met on him in the theatrical cut. Mm-hmm. Like, there were some good points. I'm like, okay, fine. Now, in the Snyder cut, the first introduction to him, I'm like, no, someone stabbed him in the face. I hate him. But afterwards, he grew on you more, and he was much more interesting throughout the end of the movie. Yeah, I mean, he, he it was more of like an origin story for him because he was like, I don't know what yeah. I'm supposed to be doing. I, I want to be a hero. How to be a hero. How do I be Just Save a hero? one person. You yeah. knew what to do then. That's a great moment in the, in the regular one. Yeah. But yeah, so I'm looking forward. And then, okay, Michael Keaton. Yep. Michael mm-hmm. Keaton, Batman. Like, and I think this is going to be a thing that sort of cements them and gets them a universe. I think that's what they're going for. And honestly, at this point, I think it's a fair play. They're at a point where they need to kind of revise some stuff, get some stuff out of their out of their timeline, and just go forward. Yeah, they need to. They yeah. they need they need to bring it all in like one universe and get it together, yes. so everything makes sense. Yeah, because Aquaman is. So, clearly Wonder Woman is their best movie. Yeah. But it suffers a little bit in the third act. Aquaman is their most consistent movie and probably their second best. Uh, I hear uh, Shazam is good. I haven't seen it. It is. It is really good. So, but then after that, the dra- the the quality falls off. I don't hate Justice League. I think it's fine, but not great. Yeah. The same with the Snyder Cut. It's basically fine, but not great. And then it just it falls off a fucking cliff after that. I haven't seen Wonder Woman 1984 because the reviews were all so fucking terrible. Oh, yeah. They did say they're making a Wonder Woman 3. Cool. I mean, I think they need to. You can't just stop because one movie was bad. Sometimes nope. you, everyone... And honestly, in the new environment, especially DC, uh, they're giving directors more control. And Wonder Woman... All the problems with Wonder Woman smacked of the uh, you know executives nosing in and wanting to hit certain notes. Yeah. We'll see if that actually ends up being the case. Um, the one thing that wasn't a movie, but the trailer for Gotham Knights, which is a video game uh-huh. where Batman's dead and you're playing, you know, Batwoman, Red Hood, Robin, uh-huh. and Nightwing. Um, yeah. It's a, I'm really looking forward to that because that looks like a ton of fun because it's a multiplayer game. You play with your friends online. And I'm like, yes, thank you. 
let me let me play with my buddy and he can play Robin and I can play Nightwing and we can just go and just beat the crap out of people in an open world. Yes, please. Give me that. So, Mo, to address your point that uh, you're bitter about Michael Keaton because he, uh, he quit the role because it would be just to be the Batman guy. That When he did that, that's a legitimate problem for an actor. He was known as the comedy guy. Then he got the Batman role. He wasn't going to get any other roles that weren't bad. He had to. I mean, I understand an actor for wanting to branch out. Let's be honest. His stuff since then has been exemplary, and I'm willing to give him a pass because, let's be honest, Michael Keaton's Batman and Joel Schumacher's, uh, you know, Batman and uh, Batman around Batman Forever uh, would it would not have made the movie any better. Might have made it worse. He's not really the right for him. Oh, yeah, in Spider-Man, he was great. Yeah, his Vulture, Spider-Man he was Warlord, amazing. Yeah, he Vulture. It wasn't the same afterwards, but that's less to do with him, more to do with changing from Tim Burton's batshit crazy, pun intended, to Joel Schumacher's batshit crazy, still pun intended. There were totally <laughs> different versions of crazy. And yeah. That's, I think, the biggest problem. That might be a good rewatch of the original, well, the second group of Batman movies, if you count Batman the movie. Anyways, we're over time. We I'm are sorry. over time. We got we got started all in on the Batmans and all yeah, the I mean, DC Batman stuff. Is a, Batman's <laughs> an important thing. It's it's sort of the the exemplar of being able to retell a story of a character in different ways. It's it's become a modern mythology. Each time they redo it, it's a different way, and that's fine. So maybe we have to have one time where we all watch all the Batman movies and rank all Batman movies. No. In a, in a week no. might be <laughs> might be rough. No, not in a week. Maybe two weeks. More likely, we should really have a Batman month. <laughs> Kelly's watch like, nah, the I'm not in that. The original Batman movies. Not, not, we don't I'm not watch... watching the, what's the one with Mr. Freeze and the... The, the... George Clooney Batman. I didn't like that. Batman and Robin? <laughs> I never finished it the first time I watched it. That's how little I liked it. Kathy, the primer for watching that movie is to watch a couple episodes of the old TV show and then watch that movie. I enjoyed the old TV show. but Bane, and I will walk to... downstairs and I will shank you. <laughs> well, guys, we appreciate you coming and listening and uh, joining us live. Don't forget, uh, John uh, does some MechWarrior streaming all week. Um, I usually stream on Tuesdays. I haven't been able to do it on Fridays, even though I got it slated because work has been really hard. And of course, preparing for this uh, convention. Uh, but I will try to get some streaming in done. Um, don't forget to check I out Kathy be, on her channel. I could be streaming on Monday. Monday. Oh. I don't normally stream on Monday, but this is a Mix It Up Monday. It will be my first Mix It Up Monday in which I will be just talking about mixing Reaper Clear Paints the colors you can get from them, how to do it, answering questions about the clear paints. It's really more of a technical stream than oh, a that's cool. specifically mini painting stream. And after you're done, you can pop over to our channel and watch me play some Stompy Robots. <laughs> Stompy right. Robots. So guys, be safe. Take care of yourself. Wear a mask. Wash your hands. We want to see you in HugCon 2022, a.k.a. Adepticon. And we love you. From Mother Dice, I'm Gonzo. I'm John. I'm Kathy. Good night. I might eat more biscuits. We're going to send you off to Flieger Dragon, so stick around for that. I want a snack. I want to play some video games.
What problem? I'm going to have chili out of a can, and it's not going to compare to Marshall's chili. Oh, I want a snack.